This is Dean Patino, founder of Firestarters Company. You're about to become a better leader with Bob Nolly and the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Nice. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Welcome to episode 10. Alex, we've hit double digits. I'm so proud of us. Episode 10 of the Labrador Leadership Podcast, which means the show notes will be at labradorleadership.com slash 10. Two digits. We've done it. Okay, now the next thing we have to do is record another 90 to get to 100. (laughs) We will have a party then. Oh, yeah. Why don't we have a party for 10? <laughs> we should. Let's let's have a small one. We'll just take uh, the night off. Bye, guys. We're going to go. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> You've done event production work. Come on. Get this thing done. <laughs> so so how have you been? I've been great. I've been great. Um, you know, it's it's cold, but I'm, I'm getting through it. It's it's February 17th today. So, um, or no, should I say a different day? Yeah, that's fine. It is no, there's no magic here. Yeah, it is the 17th here. <laughs> And so, so you you've been through a snow apocalypse already there. Yeah, you know, we haven't we haven't even gotten enough snow in New York to sled. I'm telling you, we get like two or three inches at a time and then it stops and it gives up. But today the East River was full of floating sheets of ice. Oh, pretty- you mean like icebergs or just Oh yeah, like-, like like little baby icebergs. Wow. Really, really cool. Well, you you know, you spent time in, in the RVA before, so, you know, we just don't handle this kind of weather very well at all. Richmond so, doesn't think I like to call snow law. Snow law, that's right. Yeah. In fact, the uh, city posted on their website last night, they, they said uh, snow laws are in effect. Yeah. You know, this is, let's like some science fiction book or something. Or the snow laws are in effect. Well, anyway, this is snow the most, this is the most snow, snow we've gotten in five years. Yeah, snow law for me is the city shuts down, cars stop moving, you're running around in the streets in Richmond, and you're slung and you know doing everything that you want to do because you know you won't have work for the next two days because everyone's freaking out over three inches of snow. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're the places that they're not ready for it. They can't make the call on whether to close the office or not or whether classes mm-hmm. are canceled or not. And so people are just kind of bouncing off each other, driving around town. There are some horrible accidents. But for five years, you know, this is like – you know, eight to 10 inches around town, and that's a big deal. And there are people yeah. to us elsewhere going, you Alice's, you know, that's nothing. <laughs> that's just horrible. So we'll get over it. And, you know, the, that probably is a good lead into the whole thing we're going to talk about today, the whole thing of giving feedback because in stressful situations like snow when you're not used to it. <laughs> snow in the south. Think about, think about all the things you're saying about other drivers and, you know, people that are just, you know, just – you know, at the spark of aggravating you. And, you know, if we, if, if we had like a little switch on the side of our heads that we could just flip, we're just like assessment machines. The things we would, we could say, even though we could be, you know, kind, you know, we're stand for kindness, kind people say, Oh, look at that person. Why do they dress that way? Why do they drive that way? What is he thinking about? You know, we're just cranking those assessments out all the time. And, when you have to give them in a more controlled environment, like on the job and formally, it it can be it can be difficult. And not only is it difficult to give it properly in a way that's productive for 
the receiver and then in turn for you if they're working for you. It, you know, you have to be ready to get it. Yet you really have to be ready to get it. Uh, and you can get better at it. it. You just you just have to practice it, you know, just a little bit. So here here here's an example of people that are going to have a hard time getting news. And this should not be a once a year thing. Now, so you mentioned today, we're in mid-February now. And lots of people are going through the cycle, you know, within a couple of months of now of, of the annual performance evaluation. And, you know, if you've done a great job and everybody loves you and times are good at the company, you probably got a little bit of money with that. And they tell you what a good job. But my whole point is that that should never be a surprise. You know, you should nothing there should ever be news. Even if it's good news, you know, yeah, I, I realize that I've, I've had conversations throughout the year that I've been doing the right things and I had the right opportunities and, and they've been pleased with what I've done. So, they, you know, but all too often there are surprises. So when you haven't handled it right, you know, one person that's really going to hurt is that person that has just a, you know, a quick trigger emotional response. Yeah. And so I don't know if you've ever been in the position when you're talking to somebody and they, they could start crying. Oh yeah. I, I mean, don't I've mean only just had women to, guys too. Yeah. Yeah. I've only ever had to fire one person, but there were, there were cry, there was crying. And, but I, I also, you know, I try to always stay very neutral on things. And I think when you, when you, um, kind of come from a place of authority. Uh, and, you know, it, of course, it's just a category, categorical, I can't even say that word today. You did very um, well, though. Very good. But So, um, you know, it, that authoritative state, when you go towards someone and say, look, you know, I don't like what you're doing. You need to do it this way. You know, even if it's outside of the workplace, there are just certain people that you really have to walk through that experience um, and a lot of times in the workplace, you don't know a person's personality. You don't know that they, you know, kind of crack under that criticism. So it is, it's a very, it's a very rough place to be in when you have to, to say negative things to people. And then you get this emotional response because you're just not prepared for it. You don't know them in that aspect. Yeah. And that the preparation, thank you for mentioning the, the P word there, because preparation is a key to this whole thing. If that person is often emotional and you haven't addressed it already. I, I don't know what to say about that, but if the, if the emotions they're showing, whether they, they start crying or they're, they huff or puff or they get their hackles come up and that's not like them, right? you know, the easy go-to thing is to just say, you know, this looks like it's a bad time to talk this. We do need to go over this sometime soon, but let's, let's connect later. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to you later in the day or tomorrow or even next week. You know, do not paint yourself into a corner where it has to be now. You right. know, things have to be done. So just just take that, get that vibe. And if it's if it is something that's always like that, then they do normally act like that. Then then it, the conversation has to take a different tone. You have to you have to talk to them about why it's important that we have this conversation. You know, right. because I'm concerned enough with helping you make the improvements that that you need to make. And I just want to have a, a grounded conversation with you about how to do that. Yeah. And, and to even have to do that kind of two part 
you know, conversation. Yeah, it, it is, uh, you know, more time consuming, but, you know, certain employees, certain people, um, you know, you just ha- kind of have to say, you know, I've noticed that when I try to talk to you about this, you get very upset. You know, I want to talk to you about this issue and then we can talk to you. I can talk to you about your performance because it really does. I mean, both both issues kind of have to be resolved because you can't have an employee that you can't give guidance to in a professional you know, manner. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, you, you also have the kind of person who gets really defensive and they kind of have their hands out in front of them going, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And you, well, let, you, let's frame this up. We, we've kind of talked about the annual performance evaluation or the semi-annual performance evaluation being the episode that we're talking about here. This could be any time. This could be any time when you want to give somebody feedback, and, and you should be, on something you've observed. And when somebody gets defensive, you know, I, I, th- I just think there's such power in, in opening with the line, hey, are you open to some feedback? I like, I think feedback is the better. Yeah. I like that word better than criticism or review or, or anything like that. You know, I, I do think that feedback is probably the nicest way to say it. Yeah. And, and just that whole asking, it's almost asking for permission, e- even though you have the upper hand. Right. More, you know, most likely to just say, are you open to some feedback right now? And then it's, it's framed up as I, I saw this and I think you had an opportunity to do this instead. No, yeah. you may not have done anything wrong, but you, you could have done it better. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen peers be let go or pulled into to private um, kind of meetings to, to, to hear feedback and, you know, think about a glass conference room and you're, you know, the rest of the, the organization is outside and you just have, you know, someone that's starting to flail their fists and point at the, the supervisor that's giving them feedback. And it's just, it's the most painful thing because you just want to stuff a sock in their mouth for them and like tie their hands to their, their <laughs> right. Because right. you know that what they're doing is making the feedback even harder to give and, and, you know, they're not receiving it, but you know, people that then blame the organization or the supervisor say, Oh, well, you didn't tell me that that was, was what you wanted or, you know, you're running this organization poorly or this company sucks X, Y, Z. So, you know, it's those, those situations where the, the kind of defensive impact, um, it, it really just kind of escalates. And that's when you, you see these like on the spot firings and that kind of thing. Um, which, you know, I've, I've worked with for some pretty explosive, uh, you know, bosses that I've worked, um, for some really understanding bosses, but I, you know, it's always so painful for me to watch. It's like not even, it, it's this strange embarrassment transfer that I get. I'm like, no, just, just bite your tongue. You know, please don't, don't point at your boss. Don't point at your boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, <laughs> another tactic. No, go ahead. I've seen this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Another tactic I, I like to try is to, is to meet them. If it's not the, a formal evaluation, if it's just timely and something you want to do is to meet them where they are. Now that sounds kind of cryptic, but what I mean is, uh, I used, to, I, I may have said this in an earlier episode, talking about putting your finger in the dirt mm-hmm. and it was, uh, you know, it goes back to 
gosh, you're ever a parent at some point, you're going to have to coach a soccer team or a little league team, which I, <laughs> I had to do. And I look back on it now, just, you know, yeah, and it, and it was kind of fun. But when you get these little guys, I mean, that are not your son, that you, you have to get down and put your finger in the dirt and, you know, teach them if it's baseball, something like hit the cutoff man. And now I know we're losing people because they have no idea what that means. But, uh, you know, pitchers and catchers report in a week. So the season begins again. So maybe this is an opportunity for everybody to learn that. So you're actually down in the dirt with this 10 year old and putting your finger here and go, you stand here on a ball hit to the outfield. You stand here and put your hands in the air so the outfielder can see you and throw the ball to you. And then you turn around and you know where to throw it. And that's just meeting them where they are. And, you know, you always hear about you miss the cutoff, man. Well, if you put your finger in the dirt with them, you're getting down right where they are, this tiny, small person, and making sure in in their mind that's spinning, you know, a million cycles a second, you, you try to grab them for just a moment, create a teachable moment. Uh, you know, that's the other picture. You know, I talk about the picture of uh, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, that beautiful picture in black and white at the old Candlestick Park. And there, there he is with his finger in the dirt with Joe Montana. This guy, Bill Walsh, is called a genius of, of coaching. And Joe Montana, who at that time probably already had two Super Bowl rings at least. And there he is, uh, you know, off to the side of all the hustle and bustle on the sideline with his finger in the dirt telling him what he wants out of him. And the one thing you take away when you look at through this lens of that picture is Joe Montana, arguably the greatest quarterback ever, is open to the feedback. Right. So one thing is being open to the feedback. Now we've talked about giving it here. Let's let's spin this around a minute and talk about receiving it. Your body responds to it. Your body really responds to it. And you can get better at it. And, you know, if you get feedback that you think is totally out of whack, you're going to, you know, you're going to have a a somatic response that may be anything from, from cursing to raising the middle finger to, you know, just turning on your heel and walking away. But what we'll do today is I'll share with you a way you can get better at it. And if you have a team or a small group of people at work, you know, it, it works good with four people. And it's kind of an assessment circle where two of you, one of you squares up to the other one, face them, and the other two are off to the side. And their only job is to observe the physical response of the receiver. And you all just kind of like pivot 90 degrees and take turns doing it. But I, the most important job is the two observers. The other two are just kind of actors to observe how you respond. And here's the way you do it the first time around. You give them feedback that is totally ungrounded. And it's like if you and I were doing it with two other people and I looked at you and said, Alex, you are the worst gardener I've ever known. <laughs> and and you'll go, what? I mean, it's just like, where is this coming from? You and I have never talked about gardening. You may not even have a planted, you know, in your house. You, you may have maybe totally out of whack. And in the back of your head, you're going, geez, what a creep. But there's, there's something you need to have present that you can hang on to that you could almost program into your mind being in response. And it's a phrase like this. Thanks for the feedback. It may be grounded. It may be ungrounded. 
but I'm open to further conversation about it. So you're acknowledging to yourself that it may be grounded, meaning factual and rooted in fact, or ungrounded like my gardening comment to you. But the whole point is you remain open to talking about it. And by declaring that you remain open to talking about it, you're not handcuffing yourself to further action. Because as a leader or an employee, if you handcuff yourself, your options for growth, for moving forward, for rectifying the situation, you've taken a bunch of them off the table. But if you have a phrase just like that, and what you do when you practice this, you have it on an index card. Everybody has one. And after I say, Alex, you are the worst gardener I've ever met, you just look down the card and you read that. And then you sort, that's just for the purpose of getting it in your head. Sound crazy? (laughs) Yeah, okay. It does sound crazy. You don't ever sound crazy. No, no, yeah, just wait. It's going to get worse. And then you practice this a couple of times. Then maybe, maybe another day, maybe not the same session, you all four get together again and practice for the sake of making yourselves better at this. And then the feedback is real. Alex, you're just you're just too young to move mu- <laughs> to move much past the level that you're at now in the department. Oh, wow. And now people see you there. <laughs> the people that are observing you see you kind of rock back on your heels just a hair. I mean, not like the winds one, but just rock back because you've been struck by it because mm-hmm. that's grounded criticism. Right. Here's here's me, somebody that's older than you that you know. You work for me, perhaps, in that job. And I'm telling you, you're never going to get any further because you're just too young to have gotten where you are now. And then everything you've worked so hard for is questioned. In, in just the stroke of that comment, everything you've worked for is just in your head going, it's, it's just not true. But if you can respond saying, thank you for the assessment, maybe grounded, maybe ungrounded. Either way, I'm open to talking to you more about it. And then you practice again. And at the end, you just you just don't say anything except thank you. But in your head, you've run through that whole thing. Oh, in my head, I'm right. all I'm doing is talking about how much I've done at this age and that it's, you know, it's like in your head, you want to immediately spit back and say, but I've done X, Y, and Z for you. My age, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't even factor in. I'm clearly, you know, this isn't any way a true story, but you know, I've, I've kind of held my own with all of my, my professional peers that are older than me, you know, and, and those, those are the things that you want to say. Those are the things that are going through your head and, you know, your face is getting hot and all that. And I have learned over and over and over that every time I try to talk my way out of something with a boss, I just end up digging myself deeper. So yeah, I think it's a good exercise to practice, especially, um, you know, for, like you said, younger people, um, because I think we're the ones that get a little bit, you know, we're not all emotional, but sometimes. See, look at this. Look what I've done for three, uh, three or 400 miles away from you. I got this done over the phone (laughs) with you. I got you rocking backwards over the phone. I know. I'm like, I am too young. <laughs> not too young, America. I'm not too 
But you know, if the better the better prepared you are to handle feedback like that, my argument is the further forward you'll go. Absolutely. You know, so you say to me, well, well thanks for that. I I'd, I'd really like to talk to you more about it. And you're not angry. The finger is not going up. You're not turning on your heel. You're not running sobbing into the restroom. You know, none of those things are happening. Right. Because you're leading from strength. And then, you know, but but just for the two observers, for you being an observer to see somebody else rock backwards or lean forward or even see the the hair on their forearms come up. Yeah. The finger point is my favorite. I think the finger point is my favorite. Yeah, the finger pointing (laughs) is good. And that, you know, this whole thing of circles and pivoting and taking turns to do that, you really, uh, it of course works with people that, you know, you may be on the same team with because you're doing things this for the sake of making each of you better. Right. It can be with, you know, people that you don't work as closely with, but it is a very powerful exercise because as, as you know, you know, you have that switch on the side of their heads and we will just spit just about anything out mm-hmm. and just how to handle that when you hear it, you know, it, you know, hear it during the snowpocalypse here in town, you know, people root at the gas pumps, root at the grocery store. <laughs> you just go, instead of picking a fight, you just know, oh, wow, I feel sorry for them. Yeah. Uh, that's the way you have to look at it. So in addition to that, when somebody is dishing you some grounded feedback, mm-hmm. like you're too young to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay. Is the the worst thing, you know, you have, you have managers and supervisors that are just not even giving you the full attention. Right. I mean, you know, I, this, that's the whole thing. When people go, I'm multitasking. I go, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of multitasking. And I've gotten in some discussions recently about the whole thing, multitasking. People say probably I'm multiprocessing. You know where that word came from? That came from like, you know, desktop PCs because the little chips in there could multiprocess. They don't, they don't really multiprocess that. They can only do four things really is add, subtract, multiply, and divide. That's all they can do, but they're really good at it. They could do it really fast. And they can swap things they're doing back and forth, whether it's, you know, doing video stuff or writing to the disc or doing add and subtract. And they can swap and multi-process, but they're doing swap. Humans can't do that very well. So we speak so proudly that we're multi-processing. We're just not doing it. We're doing things halfway. Right. So in the most important relationships of your life, some of which – certainly are the people that you work with not giving someone your full attention is just something you need to think about. I was almost going to say that's kind of criminal and that's kind of the way I feel like Stuck. You remember the whole comment I made a couple of weeks ago, a couple of shows ago, but walk with me. <laughs> you just want to go, no, stand still. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I want to say is important. And when somebody uh, is trying to talk to you, when they, uh, they try to hustle it along and try to make a guess about what you're trying to say. And they start talking. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And they start, well, you don't know what I meant yet because you didn't let me get it out. You weren't patient enough to listen to me. 
And we talk about the whole communication thing and listening skills are just, oh, 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 we get to talk about emotional intelligence. Super critical that your listening skills. And, you know, you, you never need the listening skills, of course, if you're not available all the time. You have to be available. Right. And I mean, it, and I think that even, you know, going back to being defensive or um, or shutting down are both are, are ways that you're not making yourself available for feedback. I mean, it, you know, just, I mean, not showing up is one thing, but to be emotionally unavailable to feedback is is so important to realize, you know? Yeah. You, you just, you need to be, what's the phrase I like to use in those important conversations. You need to be present, open, and connected. Absolutely. Even though, even though in this age, we are so easily distracted, you have to be making an effort to be present, open, and connected. It's true. I mean, I have my computer open right now, and if I don't keep looking at your Skype icon, I, I'll start reading what's pulled up on my computer right now. <laughs> All right, I'll change my picture. I'll send you a new picture every week. So <laughs> more realistic conversations. It's going to turn into the Where's Waldo of Bob Nolly. <laughs> well, worse <laughs> things have happened. Worse things have happened. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's the tip of the iceberg there on uh, on on giving feedback. And I, when we talk, when I mentioned we were going to do this, I, there's much more to it than people think feedback means the, as I said, the annual performance review. It's not, it's every day. Mm -hmm. It's every day. And I just love the power in that phrase or the openness of feedback. Yeah. And I mean, even if it's just, you know, are you open to some feedback? I went over, you know, the project that you're working on right now. And it could even be in the beginning or middle phase of, uh, of a project, you know, that, that your team is working on, but you still have to be able to give them, you know, insight to what we're, what you're looking for as well as, you know, okay, maybe you could, you could do it this way or you could try this or no, that's not working for me, you know, and it doesn't have to be bad feedback clearly, but you know, it's important to kind of stay in, like have that nice, um, you know, rapport with, with your team. Oh, sure. Uh, let me see. I'll put, I'll put a link in the notes for this. Avery Augustine wrote a piece for the muse, uh, that was headlined, become a better boss. Five habits managers should avoid. And, uh, one of them is failing to give your full attention. Well, we covered that talking more than you listen. Yes, that too. Not being available. Uh, number five was giving too little or too much information. Some of the most frustrating times I've ever had on the job were when I was subject to either as a manager, not being blameless or as an employee coloring book management. When you, when you give somebody a task and you say, go do this for me and they go, Oh, okay. I, I think I know what you want. And they bring it back to you and you go, no, that's not it. What, what did you want? Well, I, I wanted it to, I wanted the data to be structured like this. And they go, oh, oh, okay. And you go make the change to the presentation of the chart or the, you know, how you cut the data and come back. Yeah, that's better, but that's, that's still not quite it. Cause it's gotta be, it's gotta be smaller and more succinct. So we don't get lost in the details that I want bullet points. And you know, it's like coloring book management, you know, color this blue. Well, is that Navy blue or sky blue or Carolina blue or powder blue or midnight blue or just what is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'll know it when I see it. 
that's just horrendous because they'll just, people will just stop working for you then in terms of, I'll just wait. I'll just wait until he comes and says what he wants. Then I'll do it then. And that's giving too little information. Uh, he has a fifth point here. That's kind of odd. Don't make promises for your employees to deliver on. Well, you know, sometimes that's, that's part of the job. When senior management says you need to get this done by the third quarter and you say, all right, I'll commit to doing that. So you've just committed for them as your team to make that delivery. So, uh, you know, it, it, there's, he uses the example of a cleaning service here when, you know, which is a little bit different and it's, it's, you know, he says he made a promise that they could fit uh, a client into the schedule when there was just no way they could. So, yeah, that's, that's making promises for your employee out of ignorance, but in all circumstances, you know, that's, that's not something that really you have any control over. Because when we talked on episode zero about commitments, yeah, we talked about uh, a commitment being what you're going to do and by when and uh, how will you know when it's done. I'll send you an email that it's done or you'll have the contract when it's done or I'll give you, I'll give you the report and it's done. And if, if you don't want to commit to it, you have to have an alternative. So when somebody says, do this task, and you say, uh, it's just not going to get done, I can get it done by then, but I would have to do this or this. There are alternatives involved. And so that's how things work in that kind of instance, you know, when somebody is making uh, making promises for your employees to deliver on. But that's, you know, that's a, that's a razor's edge. You got to walk. <laughs> you got to own that commitment. You got to own the relationship with your employee to make that happen. Right. So what do you think? Well, I, I personally never want to point my finger at someone giving me feedback again, but you know, that's, that's something I should probably hold back on anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. do that. I don't actually do that. <laughs> yeah, that will, uh, well, you know, you know, when we go through the ER stuff, the, the EI stuff, that'll be good. We'll we'll stop the finger from coming up for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, That about wraps it up. Folks, you've been listening to episode 10 of the Labrador Leadership Podcast, all about giving and receiving feedback. Hope you learned something. What do you think, Alex? I I really hope that this means that we're going to start getting more feedback. Yeah, you know, I I mentioned I have we have we have some things planned for folks and we're just about ready to you know, we want to start hearing from them. Go ahead. Right. Subliminal messaging. Yeah. That, that would be one way to do it. Well, no, I mean we're we're sitting here talking about feedback and and how well we can take it, you know. So, let's hope that we get some out of it because we do want to hear other people's thoughts and ideas on on how we're doing and what they want to hear about, you know, content-wise as well. So, uh, we'll set something up to do that soon. We love the feedback that everybody has been giving us on iTunes. Thank you all so much for leaving those comments. Uh, they, they, I, we realize we're, we're striking nerve here and we're giving you some, some thoughts that are useful that you're able to take back to your job today and perhaps, you know, change the way you look at things. That's important. If we're doing that, we're grinning over that. Yeah. <laughs> so 
are your bosses. Yeah, that's right. Alex, I'll see you next time. Thanks a bunch. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Bob, 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 Bob. Next time on the Labrador Leadership Podcast, the better half of the relaunch team, 